Swift and Travis Kelsey are going to get married. You've heard it here first. This is Taylor Swift. She is going and she's ending her, her whole Eras tour, which has grossed like a fucking billion dollars. Look up to see how much money she's made with this shit, Danny. It's, it's been retarded. The new album? Uh, no, with, with her tour. Or, oh, yeah. Yeah, her tour has. And she also released, a, like, a concert movie. Didn't she, like, re-release a song that that was already released or something? Well, she's she's gone back and released, re-recorded all of her albums and re-released it. That way she could um, get get the rights to it, basically. So she owns the right to it. So she's personally earning between ten million and thirteen million a show per yeah, night. Per Jesus night. fucking Christ! Yeah, yeah I, I saw a thing that said that she was uh, profiting like a billion dollars or something like that. But she is going to get one hundred percent married to to Travis Kelsey. This is a tale as old as time. She's gonna marry the fucking the jock. Um, this has been a sensation. Them dating. And it's been so played up and such a big deal that there's no way that they don't get married. Where this ends at is Travis Kelsey probably getting some kind of, like, doing commentary on games after he retires. And on top of that, she's going to get pregnant, they're going to have kids, and she's going to make a trillion dollars selling a like a baby clothing line to target oh it's, shit. it's gonna happen dude. you're calling the baby clothing line already yeah there, she's gonna have a baby clothing line here's the other thing when taylor swift has a child there's gonna be a baby boom in this country it's gonna be a huge deal their their wedding my guess i'm 90 percent sure it'll be publicly televised and on top of that it's going to be bigger than the royal wedding. Like, do you remember when the royal weddings were happening and it was a huge deal? I hate all that shit. I do too. Look we at, fought the revolutionary look, to war. To your point, this yeah. article, what Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's body language says about their relationship. This love is undeniable. This is all shit that Taylor Swift is feeding to her PR people to put out there. They're going to fucking get married. Dude, this and, was today. Yeah. It's a big deal, dude. It, it is a sensation. She is the, I'll go as far as saying, Taylor Swift, maybe the most powerful person in the world. Definitely more powerful than the president. Also, Taylor Swift could run for president and she would win. And it would be record voter turnout. Dude, her and Trump against one another? She would beat Trump, dude, in a landslide. No questions asked. I'm putting my name on it, dude. If Taylor Swift, she's 33. She is loved by, she is loved by both sides. I'll give you that. She is loved by both by both sides she's a big time lib for sure um at least publicly uh but yeah taylor swift like there's details about her like go slide go up to that one article about her uh taylor swift kisses travis kelsey after chief's lyric swap yeah dude this is thinking of it in terms of of a woman okay get ready for some misogyny but her whole heiress tour is a goodbye to her single life. That's what that is. Now she's heading into the phase of life where it's time to get married and settle down. She maybe ha will have, she'll definitely have kids and she'll have a clothing line. 
and maybe like a home furniture line or something like that. But she is going to expand her business. She's already done everything she can done, can do publicly as a single woman. Um, so this is the next logical move is her getting married. He's a handsome guy. He's a handsome fellow for yeah, sure. For sure. Um, and he's already won two Super Bowls. He's been in the NFL, I think, for seven years. That's a long time for someone in the NFL. So his career is about to end, and he's about to become Mr. Swift. Yeah, yeah, he's about to retire. Yeah, dude. And he is he's basically, honestly, dude, I can't even be a hater because he is doing the move that most dudes wish they could do. Which is dating a celebrity superstar who's super rich. Yeah, for sure, for sure. She's, There's worse, yeah, situations. Yeah, this is this is 100 percent a business arrangement. Like I I do not believe in true romantic love. I'm so fucking jaded in terms of that. I think love is about being in the right situation. And goddamn, if they don't have the the right situation, dude. There, there's today wrote an article about them kissing. This I'm telling you, dude. This is gonna be the biggest event to happen in the U.S. Like the Obamas will get it invited. Is. That's the kiss right there. Oh yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be. A you huge think the deal. Obamas will be at? I think the Obamas will be at Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's wedding. Um. Who else do you think is going to go? Let's see. I mean, Trump not invited. Ed Sheeran pretty much has to be there. He wrote like half her songs. Well, I'm sure <laughs> there'll be some kind of celebrity performer at the wedding. I bet he'll play a song. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Ed Sheeran was. It's. I'm telling there. you, dude. Her getting married, giant deal. A lot of white millennial women are gonna. If they're not already married, they're gonna rush to be married. Like she, she represents the women of our generation through and through. Um, even if she does drink baby's blood. Yeah, it that's uh, speculative, but she could. She could, possibly. She literally looks like AI has made her, dude. She doesn't look like a real human being. I mean, Taylor Swift is beautiful, but it's the kind of beautiful where it doesn't look real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Do you think she had work done? I don't feel like she would have needed too. I don't think so. I think she's her genetics are just that strong. Yeah. She's she's beautiful. She I mean, is beautiful. I'm not into blondes, I'll be honest. Not my type. Yeah, she's not like she's very like classically, I guess like skinny girl beautiful. She's not she doesn't have like a lot of curves. I I also think, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't be commenting on this, but I think it works in her favor that she's not like super curvy and like over sexualized am yeah. i wrong i don't know a lot about taylor swift but i feel like she still has that kind of good girl like not always i'm not saying no but, i know exactly but she's she not means. like overly sexy she's not always like she you has know, a very clean image yeah that i guess that's what i'm trying to say that's the nicer way to say it yeah and sure. i mean say what you will about her like I, I i'm not even a taylor swift hater really there's something that I think is kind of gross about her. I feel like she's probably just so out of touch with reality, which is not really her fault because she's been famous since she was like 16 or 17. And she is talented. She's good. She's got some great songs. But I just – there's no way that she's just not horrible behind the fucking scenes. I feel like she's just screaming at people. And 
I don't know. You would, I mean, not to make this comparison because it's not a good comparison, but, like, Dolly Parton is, like, the queen of, like, almost, like, it could almost be argued that, like, like, Taylor Swift is, like, trying to be, like, that next, like, version, but the thing is, is, like, Dolly is that great, Yeah, you know what I mean? Or even, like, Reba, I know we're talking, like, kind of country specifically yeah. and i don't think it well i mean that's that's the world that taylor swift came up in right that's what i mean like she probably aspires to be like those women but i feel like they also have like reba and dolly i feel like everyone for the most part agrees that they're i mean i don't know as much about reba but like dolly i mean i've never really She's seen a, anything a saint of nashville yeah basically for sure I mean, uh, and in general, kind yeah. of. like Yeah, well, I, even people that don't like country music like Dolly Parton. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They yeah. like her, her public image because she is kind of wholesome. You know, she grew up poor. Yeah. The thing that Taylor Swift, I feel like, has working against her, she grew up. Not that this is not to knock people for growing up with money, but she grew up with money. Yeah, um, Swift trucks, everyone. Yeah. If, if there's people out there who don't know the connection, that is. Yeah, well, yeah. her dad also, the way she went number one was her dad – Spent three hundred thousand dollars in three hundred thousand dollars. Three hundred thousand dollars. And um, fucking bought up all of the uh, all of her records to make her go platinum right away. Which, hey, that that helps. She does have the talent. She's basically it's like that book, The Outliers. You know where it talks about being in the right place, the right time, the right conditions in yeah. order to become successful. They talk about Bill Gates. They talk about the Beatles playing in Germany for eight hours a day at a strip club, and that's where they put their 10,000 hours in. Right. Taylor Swift strikes me as someone who does actually work and has the biggest say in her music, and I I will say that. Yeah, well, and also, like, I feel like there's not enough credit in investing in yourself and in your family, too. Like, if you're going to put your money in anything, like, like, not to just sound cheesy about it, but it's like there's a lot of dads who are like you know they're ignoring their kids because they're rich and are like oh i'm gonna just do my own thing like you know i mean and i don't know the ins and outs of i have met people especially here in tennessee i've met people who like went to high school with taylor swift in fact i've seen like her actual like demo cds that she used to hand out or sell at school or whatever so i i have met people who like knew her on her rise but um, but like flipping the script a little bit, like from a, oh, well, her dad just like gave her money perspective. It's like, okay, well, if you were rich, what better thing to invest in than your child's career? Yeah, I, I do agree with to that. To be honest with you, like, I, and I, can't, for, I can't fault them for it. And for the record, I don't fuck with Taylor Swift, like yeah. at all. Um, yeah, and like, I, I, I don't think her songs are terrible. They're yeah. just not anything special to me. And I think that, it's a cult, honestly. It There's is a just, cult. Like the the mostly women who are that obsessive level. It's men too, but mostly women uh, who are that obsessive level about them. And I know it can be compared to like all different other types of bands, but it falls in that cult category, just like Juggalos and you know, one hundred percent. Like, yeah, it, you're either with us or against us. Totally. So I'm not really into her, but thinking about like. Like, I don't want to just, I wouldn't just hate on her for the fact of, oh, she's rich. It's like, okay, her rich dad invested in her. 
good business move. He's she, not he's not doing badly because of that. No, I. In fact, it probably he's probably part. made more money off of her than he ever did on Swift trucks. Yeah, I don't know that for a fact. But. Well, the other thing, like to go back to you, you talking about the Swifties, dude. The Swifties. Did you see any videos of? them at the at like at the theater people were making fun of them because they were like it was a fucking here we go dance like and yeah is that the should i dance? yeah click click on that um they're they're dancing in like circles and it's it looks like some cult shit here we go oh yeah dude that's 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 scary as fuck honestly yeah, it's like Jim Morris. It's like when Jim Morrison was like almost causing a riot on stage. It's yeah. like that type of shit. Taylor Swift commands an entire fucking army, dude. And there's no way she she has the most power of anybody in the world. She commands an army of white millennial women in their late 20s and early 30s. Not only that, she's going across generations now. And I do think she isn't a, a good example for, for young women, honestly. As much as I, I'm, I'm going on this whole thing about her, she isn't a good, good example for young women. She doesn't have – she's got like a pretty much a squeaky clean image. She goes out on a, da- a lot of dates. She even talks about it in her song, uh, Shake It Off. Shake It Off, great song. I like it. Yeah, um, that is actually a pretty good song. I agree. I don't think her songs are bad. The, the, there's a, a Taylor Swift signature model – um, Taylor guitar, which I fuck Taylor guitars. I hate the way Taylor guitars sound. Uh, it, I always relate them to like Christianity and Christian rock and shit. Cause when I worked at Wildwood, those were the guys who always got them and they would always play my sweet Lord by yeah. George Harrison. And I just wanted to, I wanted to youth group, them. youth group leaders. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another fucking culty vibe. But, um, yeah, Taylor Swift at the end of it. I do think she's a, a great um, purveyor of young girls starting to play music. I agree. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's a very pos- positive thing. She's a good example in that way. But, yeah, um, I'm not going to go as far as saying that Swifties are like Hamas, but they're they're a radicalized group. Yeah, for sure. They're radicalized. They're ready to go to go to war over uh, over Taylor Swift if anybody talks shit. Yeah, it's true. I've uh, I've come across a couple of these Swifties, and they don't like to hear anything but oh, Taylor no. Swift is the best. They, yeah, they hate it when you're like she drinks baby's blood. <laughs> yeah, she she masturbates with the bones. Allegedly, of her <laughs> yeah, allegedly, oh, all allegedly Taylor Swift. Uh, I, yeah. I'm too small for her to ever sue. Also. Maybe I'm just salty because I'm going to be one of the last male Taylors to ever exist. There is never going to be any more Taylors. It is no longer a unisex name. It will always be related to to her, I think. Oh, you you think she's the reason for that? 100%. Like, there's not going to be male Taylors that are born today. I I think it's going to be female Taylors, if anything. Um all right, that's a hot take. We'll we can check back on that. In we'll, we'll check 20 back in years. twenty years. Yeah. We can we can pull this clip and see if I'm right about that. But yeah, uh, but it's been kind of cool though. As psychotic as it is to see them twirling around in a circle in a movie theater, um, what's great is it's a concert film. Oh, like like just a film like from someone shooting it in a concert. 
Right. Her whole thing is she's she's filmed the whole Eras tour. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. so that's a, a concert film. Um, but yeah, concert films are kind of making a comeback. I know A24 just released, re-released Stop Making Sense by the Talking Heads. Oh, shit. I and that, that I think that's been doing well. The Taylor Swift one has been doing well. There's another concert film that they kind of come out. They, they've been out of style for a while. But really, I think that's just because of YouTube. You know what I mean? Like yeah. now, now you have such instant access. Like you, I could the all the shows that we've been to over the past couple of months for the bigger artists that we've seen, we can go on YouTube the next day and see concert footage shot from an iPhone. Yeah, that's of true. What we saw, so it's like you really have to provide. I feel like something extra. You have to see the artist behind the scenes, backstage, in the car, leaving the venue. Shit like that in order to have any kind of appeal. I think that shit's cool. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that um, I think that soon, like, remember how, what's the name of it? Is it where you can, like, listen to things, but it's, like, a 360-degree view? Do you know what I'm, like, but audio. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh... It's beyond speaker. It, uh, it's the the Apple Music. It's it's from Apple. It's the. Um, is it specifically? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, fuck. What is it called? It's like Audios or something like that. I can't remember. Immerse. Uh, Sony Here, 360. Search so immersive. So spatial. Uh, spatial audio. Spatial audio. Right. Yeah. Well, so, Apple has their version. It's Dolby Atmos. Okay. I think they're exclusive with Apple right now. Because if you go, if you go on Apple, are you? Do you do Apple Music or do you do Spotify? Uh, neither. I still do YouTube Premium. Oh yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> you don't get the fucking ads. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I've been grandfathered in because I did it when it first. I pay like eight ninety nine a month. How much is it? It's like almost double that now. I think it's like $20 a month or something. I do like using YouTube for music. Like if I'm just at home, then that's what I'm using. Well, so it's both. That's why I like it is because you get a whole – this is not sponsored by YouTube Premium uh, or YouTube. But uh, I am going to advocate for it. So I like that you get a whole um, like music app and then you also don't get YouTube ads. So it's yeah. like a two-in-one. But it's not, you're right, it's not Spotify. It's not what all the cool kids use. Yeah. I do like the Spotify. I will say you don't get the same, like, play, like, if you're someone who's really into playlists, YouTube playlists are a lot different than Spotify playlists. Let's just put it that way. I feel like the YouTube playlists are more intuitive of what you actually want to listen to. I feel like whatever their AI is, I personally like it better because the predetermined, I'm not a big Spotify fan. Um, I prefer Apple Music just because it's cleaner. And if I'm driving around, I know what it is that I'm looking for that I want to listen to. So that's the thing with Apple Music. You have to already kind of know. Spotify is a great way to discover, and YouTube is the best way, I think, to discover music. Yeah. I think that YouTube, I think it, like, because it's all housed in one, I'm, I'm not 100% on this, but I feel like you're not... Um, like you can all like it ties into like what you watch and stuff too more. To, so you're not just getting like music. I feel like you're more likely to like, I don't know. I maybe I'm just overthinking it, but I feel like it's like it plays into more than just like what you listen to on the music app. Yeah, absolutely. 
that's that's what I kind of meant by the the intuitive thing. There was a, a mass shooting that happened in Maine since the last time we've done an episode. It actually wasn't very far from where I grew up. It's in Lewiston, Maine, where the the shooting was, and that's where my very first job was at this place called the uh, the Maple Room. I don't know what all the details are. I know the guy was, I think, in his late 30s maybe white guy big surprise and i don't know where he shot up i think he shot up a couple different places i think a bakery was one uh he was on the loose for a couple of days though in maine oh wait no he threatened uh, bakery store employees yeah well the other thing is he was on an fbi watch list as well and there was people that had already reported him to the police and it did not shock me, unfortunately, that this happened and that the main cops weren't able to catch him because it's small town shit. So they're used to people stealing like snowmobiles and lawnmowers and shit like that. It's never anything like this ever happened when I was growing up there. But it was sad to see and kind of sad to hear. Um, and Maine is a fucking idiot liberal state big time so of course they're they're just wanting to ban guns and all sorts of bullshit now which here's a picture of him yeah it's it's sad as fuck dude i've spent a lot of time in lewiston um when i when i first started working it was at the maple room right in downtown lewiston and i was working at a it was a live venue in a recording studio. That was my first job. Yeah, let's see if anything actually comes up. How do you spell Lewiston? L-E-W-I-S-T-O-N. Okay. Cool. Also, the other name for Lewiston, people nickname it the Dirty Lou. It's an old mill town that has just been ravaged by time. Um, there used to be shoe factories and shit like that there. Also, do you know Ray LaMontagne? Do you know who he is? Uh-uh. So he he plays... You might know some of his songs. Is oh, this yeah. it? Yeah, that's it. That's that's the Maple Room. Um, you might know some of his songs, but he he's originally from New Hampshire, but he lived in Maine. That's Taylor Mesplay. He was uh, the owner of the Maple Room. Oh, kind nice. of my first mentor. Oh, it looks like a nice room. Dude, this is bringing me the fuck back, dude. This is kind of crazy to see. There there might be pictures of me on here somewhere. It doesn't look like they're on their Facebook very often like everyone else. No, well, it's it's been shut down since. It it doesn't exist anymore. Oh, wow, that is a nice room. Look at that. Yeah, so that's... My job was, like, fucking turning on all the the lights. That's Mark Tipton. He's a great fucking trumpet player. Um, scroll back up. So that, uh, back to the, the pictures of them playing. So this was a Monday night jazz night that happened every single week. It was free. Pretty much no one ever came. But that's Gil. He's a poet. And the band would just improvise behind him. And he would read his poetry. Oh, that's cool. Nice. So it was kind of like a cool, funky little thing that happened. Um, but yeah, man. It, 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 this is a true fucking blast from the past for me looking at this. It's, it was so such a, a vivid part of my youth 
working there. Because there would be sessions and shit, too, and I would go and get people water and other bullshit like that. I was an intern. Um, but super lucky that I was able to, to do that at such a young age. My first job was music-related, and I lived in fucking Maine. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's hard to do. Yeah. I was just very, very fortunate. Because pretty much, Taylor Mesplay, he was my first real like musical mentor. Um, and just showed me that you can be an adult and be a professional musician and have a family and shit. And then from there, it was Matt Fogg right after that. But Matt Fogg was more about the grind of being a working musician. Because Matt, he had just opened a school called the Midcoast School of Music. And that was in Portland. It was behind a piano store in Portland, Maine, right across from this restaurant that's been there for forever called The Great Lost Bear. And the name of the group was called Taking It to the Streets. And we would play basically old funk and soul tunes. So that's really where I got a lot of my chops and I started getting into that music. He was Matt Fogg was the first person to ever tell me about James Jamerson. He was like, do you know who James Jamerson is? I was like, no. He was like, he was a bass player from Motown. He was the best bass player to, to ever live. So I, I went down that whole road of discovering that kind of music. And basically what it was is it would be like six weeks or eight weeks. We'd get together every Sunday, go over a new song, learn it. You'd have to learn it throughout the week. Matt would light us up in rehearsal in front of everybody if we didn't practice. And was like, why the fuck didn't you practice? Basically, you're holding everybody up. And there was plenty of times where he would, he would fucking do it to me. But yeah, I was in that funk and soul group taking it to the streets then I was in, there was two Beatles groups. There was one with like younger kids um, that I played in because I was, it was like middle school and younger. Mm-hmm. But especially back then, no one wanted to fucking play bass. Everybody wanted to play keyboard, be a singer, or play guitar. Or drummer. The or couple, drummer. couple people. I always liked to, with Matt, there was always two drummers. So they would nice. switch off on songs. So somebody was playing set and somebody was doing percussion. And it was badass. So on stage, like the first taking it to the streets, it was actually Ned was in taking it to the streets. Okay, cool. So that was really where Ned and I were neighbors. Like we lived right down the road from each other in Durham. But yeah, every Sunday we would go to Portland and Matt would yell at us and tell us we didn't practice enough or whatever. And it was, it was always fun as fuck, dude. And at the end of those eight weeks, we'd do like a show. So it would be just basically uh, taking it to the streets. Our uh, Midco School Music lineup with like the two or three different bands that had basically had the last eight weeks where they were playing. Yeah. We'd play at a park or a local venue or whatever. I have a really vivid memory of learning Midnight Train to Georgia, which is a hard baseline yeah. to play, especially when you're starting out. Right. And... We were playing at this bar and grill inside of uh, Freeport, which is one town below where I'm from. Freeport, kind of a tourist town. There's a lot of outlets there. So a lot of people come up from Boston and New York and go shopping there during the summer. It's where L.L. Bean is. And there is a, a lot of uh, Quebecians come down, too, which they're rude as shit, dude. Fuck people from Quebec. They're assholes. Well, it's because they're Canadian, but they're pretentious because it's French. Yeah. 
Exactly. They're, they're French Canadian, but they come down because the, the tax rates are, are way cheaper. Yeah. Um, so they can buy shit here. Yeah. French so people like, are snooty. Yeah. On the record, French people are snooty. Yeah, for sure. Especially fucking French Canadians. Yeah. But we were playing and right from the get go of Midnight Train to Georgia. I was very nervous. I was like, I've always fucked up this song. Was bombing bass notes like through the first eight measures. Matt stops the band. He leans over to me and he says, I'm going to need you to get your shit together right now. He counts it off and I fucking nailed it. Nice. Um, But yeah, it was just moments like that I feel like are so important as a young musician to have to do something like that. You know what I mean? To experience, especially like anybody who listens to this show that more than likely they know about music, you can't fuck up on bass because it derails everything. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, bass and drums, rhythm, you know, it's it's really tough to recover if they don't get their shit together. Yeah, and Matt, Matt always said to me, he said, I don't hire bass players who play drop one bass lines. Um, and I always thought that was funny. But he would always get, he was very tough on me. He's like, you need to learn how to read music. I don't know what your excuse is for learning how to read. It, to me, man, I looking back, on all of my musical experiences, I have to tell myself I can't do something for so long. Like for years, I was like, I can't read music. It's just too hard. I don't understand it. But it wasn't until I sat down, I was like, okay, in order, and I was already in Nashville by the time I did this. I was like, I need to sit down with sticks and a pad and sight read rhythms. Because I determined what fucks me up was sight reading rhythms. I was like, I can do pitch. I can see it. You just have to focus. But it was the rhythms that were the hardest part for me. And so I just started working on that. And I can think of another thing that I had so much anxiety over for so long was playing down on Broadway. I I'd always really wanted to do it, but I was afraid to do it. I was like, I can't do it. You know, I, the, those are like real musicians down there. Because I feel for myself... I've always considered myself like, yes, I'm a player, I'm a musician, but... I always get up in my own head where I'm like, I'm not a musician like that. You know, I, I'm just like, I can play, but it's like, I can get by. I've never been someone like you look at someone like dusty. Dusty is just, he can very well play two instruments at a high rate. And I've just never considered myself to be in that league. I'm always like, I have to work hard in order to be not to say dusty doesn't work hard but i have never felt like i've been someone who's naturally talented my talent has always been communication and working with people and i feel like in nashville especially because i've had the podcast i and this is maybe my own bullshit but i feel like i haven't been taken seriously as a musician in the same way that other people who are 100 percent focused on music are and I'm, i'm focused on music and i want to do it but it's always been on my terms. I've never, it's like I grind it out, but I do it in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think, I think the Broadway thing, it's like kind of weird. Like when you move here, you kind of like what you said. It's like, oh, those are real musicians. But really, I think it comes down to two things. One, just like knowing a lot of songs, or if you don't know a lot of the songs, have played enough like have enough hours under your belt and kind of know nashville numbers that part's pretty important too 
um, to be able to just like figure shit out on the fly. Like, I wouldn't call anyone out in particular, but like, I don't, I think a lot of the people who frequent the Nashville Broadway bars, I let, okay, let me, before I put my foot in my mouth, I will say a lot of those players are fucking amazing. And some of them are the best people in town. Yeah. But others are not. Yeah. And they're not that great. They just get out a lot. They can learn off the cuff, like really easily, and fulfill the role. And they show up on time. It's like, you know, very Broadway is very much a job. And the people who continue to get hired are usually hired because they're consistent. They can... They're uh, flexible, they're trustworthy, you know, it's not necessarily, like, it's it's great if your guitar player can shred, but as long as he can play the hundred best solos of the songs that you guys play, he doesn't have to be the craziest shredder in the world. Well, Logan Hatcher, I mean, when he came on the podcast, he talked about it, you know, he's he's a grinder, it's what he does, he just, it's another level of discipline, I, I deeply related to that, because I'm like, I'm... I'm a good bass player. Don't get me wrong. I can play. But just when you hear some of the, the other players, what they can do, I'm, I'm not super flashy with my playing. And I don't want to be super flashy with my playing. I mean, I have chops for sure, but I never really bust them out because I'm more of a, a groove player than anything. And once I played down, like I, I, I was freaking out about it with Josh and Dusty and Dusty, of course, we know how he feels on about Broadway. He's gone on, on record to talk about it multiple times. Right. He loves to talk about it. Um, but Josh, Josh had told me, he's like, dude, once you do it, you're going to see what it is, and it's not going to bother you anymore. And he was right. Once I just kind of did it and fucking nutted up, it, it some kind of mental block, and I think I have the same thing with singing and playing bass as well. And I finally have said, no, fuck that. Like, uh, I've started taking singing lessons with Juliana from Vern. Um, we've done one so far, but even just doing that has boosted my confidence because she showed me on a keyboard where my range was. And she's like, you're having trouble hitting this note, too. Or you're having trouble hitting this note and showed me. And I, I was like trying to hit it. And I'm like, yeah, that's where my voice starts to croak out a little bit where I can't do it. But I've been now that I've been like practicing at home, playing bass and singing. Don't get me wrong. I can't fucking do, like, obviously, Getty Lee shit. Sure. You know, but uh, I've been practicing doing What's My Age Again and Wild Thing and a couple of other songs like that. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can kind of do this. And just listening to certain songs and being like, actually, this is one that I can sing and play at the same time just felt so foreign to me. It, It doesn't feel natural to sing and play bass. It's hard as fuck, honestly. Yeah. Um, cause I want to do, I don't want to do two jobs. Okay. I want to do one job. Well, yeah, no, for sure. And it's definitely easier to like strum and play than like play a bass line. Yeah. I mean, and sing than, uh, do a bass line and sing. Yeah. Well, that's why I, I started out where I'm like, I'm going to do what's my age again, because Mark Hoppus sings that song. He's a bass player, Blink-182. Yeah. And I was like, let me try this. I think I can probably sing this. And it's still not perfect yet. There's still things that I'm, I'm like, w- working on. There's, there's different lyrics in every chorus of that song that change minorly, you know, just like a line here or there. 
So that that has been a struggle is the lyrical aspect. But now, like, when I do it, I'm in pitch. I, I sound okay. I've re- recorded myself to see how I've sounded. Um, and it, it's it's been a pleasure to learn something new and kind of challenge myself. Because I felt like I was needing something to breathe some life in because I was doing the upright thing. But that's not going to make me money right away. And it's not something that I can utilize right away in a live setting. It's more personal, you know. Right. I've, I've always wanted to do this. Let me do this. That's probably going to be more of a project for next year. Now I'm focusing on being able to sing because just logistically being a singing bass player on Broadway so a singer can rest for a few songs, whether it's a guitar player who's singing or just someone who's straight up singing, can rest for a few songs and I could sing two or three, that helps out a lot, you know. Um, those are the people that get hired. The more weight you can pull and the more that you can offer, the more that people want to hire you. And I I've really haven't tried to go all in on doing the Broadway thing yet. I feel two ways about it. I'm like, I could do this, but is that where I, the, the road I want to go down, basically? You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's a good option for quick money, but... Uh, it's not a long-term beyond that you know i don't know yeah it's it it, it's a tough life i mean it's easier don't get me wrong than working a fucking construction job or some other bullshit like that but yeah it's it's not it's, it's all work at the end of the day it starts to feel like work when you're showing up somewhere i i've been lucky because i can just kind of go down there as i please and sit in i haven't made a commitment Um, And that's the other thing I think that I really have struggled with in Nashville. Not struggled with, but I've never wanted to musically commit to any one thing. I'm always wanting to do something different, something something new, um, even if it's just by myself in my bedroom working on something. Yeah. Things fresh. I mean, it's good to be diverse, you know. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's it's a new journey that I'm I'm going down and singing and playing, just to see if I can do it. How good can I get at it? You know, I'm, I'm not the greatest singer in the world, but I'm okay, and yeah. it's boosting my fucking confidence to be like, oh shit, I can actually do this. A bass player that can hit harmonies is valuable in Nashville. Yeah, for for real. Yeah, I think that's the other thing is I'll have to really learn how to do harmonies. Yeah. It's but kind of its own thing. It's its own thing, for sure. But the other thing I wanted to talk about was the Nashville, the shooter of the Lighthouse, or not Lighthouse. Covenant. Covenant School. Um, the Manifesto was released. Yeah. Dude. I haven't looked deeply into this. I don't Professional know. Professional sports better Indy Matthew brought it to my attention. I don't even know if you can find it online. I think they like Yeah, it. you might not be able to six days ago. Yeah. Images purportedly Hasn't showing. been released five days ago. But it was released, I thought. Well, what he told me... By radio host? Yeah, I think it was Candace Owen that released it. Um, what he told me was... At first, the police department, Nashville... Like, Metro was like, no, that's not it. And then later that day, they were like, yeah, that's their actual manifesto. Just so 
everyone who's listening is on the same page. So we're talking about the tenant, the the covenant shooting that happened back um, over the summer. Yeah, um, over the summer in Green Hills. It, well, it was um, earlier this year, or, or when well, was no, it? I'm trying to find it actually, just just so that way you know whomever's listening, if they March twenty seventh, March twenty seventh. Okay, yeah. Man, it's just so fucking horrific, dude. Yeah, six people, including three children, were shot and killed by 28-year-old Audrey Hale at the Covenant School shooting in Green Hills. Um, Here we go. Oh, Stephen Crowder, that's right. Stephen Crowder posted images of three pages of a notebook allegedly taken from the shooter's so-called manifesto. Crowder told News 2... Nikki News 2's Nikki McKee, the images were taken by a detective at the Covenant School scene and sent to his source. His team flew to Nashville to obtain the images and verify the source. I guess there was two letters that were kind of written about the shooting. One, like the the person who did the shooting was, was trans, um, and one was from the male perspective and one was from the female perspective. And this this whole thing is like I don't give a fuck about obviously a person being trans or not. The one thing that I'll say that was super fucked up when this happened was people were correcting like that the shooter was misgendered, and I feel like in that instance we should be fucking. It, w- it was like we talked about with Osama bin Laden. Bin Laden should not have gotten his Muslim fucking burial the way he wanted. He should have gotten the opposite. Um, And someone like this is a fucking monster who walks in and shoots fucking children at a school. No, No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Doesn't matter if they're trans, if they're gay, whatever it is. This was fucking horrific and it was super sad. Um, to kill fucking kids. And I'm not the biggest fan of kids. I don't really like kids. I think they're annoying as shit. But to take their lives from them so young is horrible. Agreed. Yeah, it's it's really messed up. Um, another thing that I do, I'm trying to find where it says this. This is probably not in any of the recent articles. But um, basically, the, um, the police is not... Ignore- well, first of all, there was a... There was an issue releasing a manifesto in the beginning. Like, they didn't want to release yeah, it. Yeah, they didn't want to release and it. And now that this has been released, the police are saying, like, they're not confirming that this is real, well, basically. What I, what Local I heard police. From, from my source is that it, they, they confirmed it later in the day that it was real. Oh, okay. I may have, yeah, missed out on that. I'm trying to find info on it. It's very... Because right surprise, here still surprise. says unverified, but this is six days ago. It's yeah, everything that I'm well, seeing. Well, you just don't know what's real now. Because then five days ago it says why Tennessee school shooters manifesto was not released. What does this say? Some online conspiracy theorists have claimed the news media is trying to cover up Covenant shooters' full writings, although that is not true. News 2 and other outlets requested the writings immediately after the shooting, and we're still waiting. This is in line with the law News 2 follows to obtain copies of public records. Monday's leak on the Covenant shooters' writings as social media buzzing, with many now asking questions and raising statements about the timing of its release and its alleged suppression. Okay, here's a, a quote. It involves a public records request under the public law. The law provides that all government records are created 
in the course of business, whether those rec are records created or received, are pub. This is just fucking lawyer speak. Um, said Deborah Fisher, the executive director of Tennessee Coalition for Open Government. Yeah, TCOG. Um, so in relation to the records that were collected by police after the Covenant shooting, when various people and organizations asked for the manifesto, the police cited that this was an investigative record and would remain confidential until the investigation was over, said Fisher. Um, I'm a believer in the truth because in the absence of truth, you end up with conspiracy theories. I Fisher. agree with that. That's actually a, a pretty... Solid quote. Yeah, pretty solid quote there. Yeah, I mean... I don't know what why the investigation is still ongoing. I'm not sure. It seemed like it was a pretty open and shut case. A, a mentally ill person walked into a, a school and fucking killed kids and teachers and shit. And I don't know... Oh, here's that actual picture of it. Yeah, I don't know if we can actually read it. It just makes makes me sick, man. You're just like, fuck, how can this happen? Statement from Mayor Freddie O'Connell concerning the release of Manifesto of the Covenant School Shooter. I have directed Wally Dietz, Metro's law director, to initiate, initiate an investigation into how these images could have been released. The investigation may involve local, state, and federal authorities. I am deeply concerned with the safety, security, and well-being of the Covenant families and all Nashvillians who are grieving. So what's what's the deal though? Why why don't they want to release? Oh it? wait, here here we go. Oh yeah. yeah, warning: content which follow may be unsuitable for some audience and contains graphic language. Well, this is right in our territory. Um, the writings include apparent motivations behind the attack and Hale's mindset. On one page, Hale writes, "Want to kill all you little." That's supposed to be faggots, by the way. Why does that start with a C? See, Probably cocksuckers for that one. Oh, you little cocksuckers. One page from the alleged manifesto reads, Bunch of little faggot... Or wait, faggots with your white privilege. Fuck you fuckers. I'll say it. Yeah. I'm reading, by the way. Not my thoughts. <laughs> um, another page included an hour-by-hour -hour calendar referred to by Hale as Death Day. Oh, fuck. This is fucked up. Including everything from getting dressed and eat breakfast to prepare for attack and time to die. Hale adds, I'm a little nervous but excited too. Been excited for the past two weeks. Hale allegedly wrote, can't believe I'm doing this but I'm ready. I hope my victims aren't. See, it's just, it's fucking Oh, disgusting. I hope I'm ready. I hope my victims aren't. Fuck. Yeah. Truly horrific, dude. Yeah, terrible stuff. I, I don't know why the, the Nashville mayor, while so she shit like this, it, I don't know exactly what the point is of leaking it, but anytime the government's like, yeah, we can't really release this, then you got to be fucking suspicious of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Sorry, I thought this was a video. No, well, you're good. Um, but the, the, it, it's like with JFK's assassination, dude. The, the, there's still stuff that is classified. It's like, well, why fucking 60 years later? Uh, it'll actually be 60 years this week that JFK was assassinated. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was so November... 11-22-63. November twenty yeah. second, nineteen sixty three. Yeah, I do know that actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that's the whole the 
whole other rabbit hole is uh, like JFK shit. It's like, well, clearly the government knew about it in some way or participated in some way. Why are they still after all these years? Like we can't. Yeah. Well, we they released. Release. Well, they released the Warren report. That that was enough for them. Which, which is, is where they coined the term conspiracy theorists. Yeah, and magic bullet. And magic bullet. Yeah. Well, it's like you can't trust anything the fucking the government says. Just straight up, they're 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 going to lie to you to protect themselves. At the end of the day, like this is the thing. Like I I wish we could b- believe in the government for sure, one hundred percent. But they're going, they're made up of, the government is made up of human beings that have their own self-fucking interest. It, for example, we are now on the verge of World War III between Ukraine and Russia, between Israel and Palestine, and between fucking China wanting to take over Taiwan and, and take that. Um Honestly, I've been looking looking into a lot of shit about this. I, bro, I wonder if the draft is going to come back. Well, we're almost too old, almost. Well, we won't get picked first. We won't get picked first. But they should, honestly. I mean, have you seen the Gen Zs? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't hate on Gen Zs. I hate boomers way more. Yeah, I hate boomers way fuck more. Fuck boomers. Too. If you're uh, a boomer and you're listening to this, well, fuck. Never mind. We don't. We, want, we don't we, want to dash we, the audience. We 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 want we want you to listen honestly, but in general, boomers they they throw unnecessary hate towards millennials for reasons okay. they don't understand. Yeah, well, they they grew up in a different world. Yeah, a we way should, more privileged world. We should move off this topic. I'm gonna end up saying shit that I. I'm going to regret. Yeah. I mean, I ranted to you last night on the phone, like for 20 minutes about how much I don't like them as an entire fucking generation. Yeah. But yeah, it it is fucked up. I appreciate the big companies that are open late that I get to eat at. Thank you, boomers, for that. Yeah. And I will say, boomers, a lot of good music, dude. That's true. That's true. A lot of good music. A lot of my favorite music are from Boomers, for sure. A lot of my least favorite music, also (laughs) Boomers, though. For sure, for sure. Yeah, on the way over here, I was listening to um, Jimmy Buffett. R.I.P. recently, I get it. Yeah, R.I.P. But I was listening to Margaritaville, and I was just like, dude, this is such... Like, not to hate on a dead guy. Like, I get it. He was what he was, and he... Had a very, he was very successful. Yes. To say the least. Well, he was uh, a genius businessman. For sure, for sure. But the music, I was just listening to it and I'm just like kind of chuckling to myself. Like the lyrics of Wasting Away Again and Margarita. Yes. Here's what I'll say about Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett, to me, he's a good example of, of a boomer that I like. And there are boomers that I like. I think he's a smart boomer. Yeah, he's a smart boomer. Um, he basically made his whole brand being like, I'm the guy who chills. And if you want to chill, come hang with me. Yeah, and I'm an alcoholic too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, he wasn't, but his he, fans He does are. have some songs. Like, he has Margaritaville, yes. But, uh, like, and that song is kind of a meme. But there are other songs that are really good that I feel like, like, uh, A Pirate Looks at 40 is a really fucking great song. The lyrics are great for that. It's, it's about a, a guy who's basically looking back on his life and he should have been like a marauder, you know? He should have been 
going to steal shit and fight and all that, but he was just born at the wrong time. It's almost very uh, very Hemingway, some of his, his writing. And Hemingway, he lived in Key West. Yeah, I could see it. That's a, that's a pretty big stretch, but... I saw Jimmy Buffett in concert. Okay. Uh, and it was fucking good, dude. It was All when right. I worked at All Bridgestone. Right. All right. Well, it I was a hate. great time. I won't hate. It was like I said, New- very successful. New Year's Eve. Jimmy Buffett has a line of frozen seafood that they sell at the grocery store, dude. There are retirement communities. He has resorts. Yeah, all yeah. that shit. I mean, like and I everything said. Everything is Margaritaville. He did it right, for yeah. sure. I'm not... Yeah, I ain't hating on it. I'm yeah. just not really that big of a fan of his music. If anything, to circle it back, I would say he's similar to um, to Taylor Swift in a lot of ways. Okay. Taylor Swift, she doesn't have her Margaritaville yet. The thing that she can, the one word that she could brand. The on, clothing line. On everything, yes. Yeah. The baby clothing line. I'm telling you, dude, it's coming. Yeah. Maternity clothing line, too, when she's pregnant. Yes. 100%. We're calling this right here, right now. We got to we gotta check back on this. It's going to happen. I'm telling you, it is going to fucking happen. Mark my words. Or maybe they'll get, they'll get fucking eloped. Or maybe they'll break up. Who knows? But I think soon she's going to get married. It, it works out either way for her because if she... If they break up, she writes another fucking another album. album and then About how the jock them. broke her heart. Right. Yeah. About how he cheated or some bullshit. Yeah. Did you see that Matthew Perry from Friends died? Yeah. That kind of bummed me out, man. It bummed I knew, me out too, man. I knew he um, like was an alcoholic and, and had like struggled with it a lot. He was sober at the end of his life, though. Yeah. Um, but he... Uh, I always really liked him, man. He, yeah, he I did a, too. Even outside of Friends. Um, he was in some good movies. Yeah, I'm struggling to remember like the names of them off the top of my head, but I uh, know I've seen him in other movies. There's one he did with Bruce Willis that I always liked. Was it a, that. Uh, The Whole Nine Yards? Yeah, The Whole Nine Yards. That That's is a it. really good movie. Yeah, actually. yeah, him and Bruce Willis were as great soon, together. As soon as you said Bruce Willis, I was like, okay, I know what you're talking about. Isn't... Um, is Cameron Diaz in that movie? Or no, hold on, not no. Her. It's not Cameron Diaz. It's uh, hold on. I have a computer. I think it's I can look this up. Amanda Peet. I think that's who it is. She was like a starlet in the. Yeah, you're right, Amanda Peet. Damn, I'm surprised I was able to pull that one out. But yeah, the whole nine yards. I think uh, wasn't the plot of it like Bruce Willis was like a like an FBI guy or something like that, or he was in the mafia. Um, no, I think they were actually robbers. If I'm, uh, wait, let's see. Where was it? Was it? Oh, well, that doesn't really tell Here, us just anything. Here, cl- yeah, click on this and we can read the synopsis. Plot. Uh, Oz is a likable Montreal dentist from Chicago, but is hated by his wife, Sophie, and mother-in-law. Oz's assistant, Joy, jokingly asks him to name a price to have Sophie disappear. Oz meets a new neighbor and realizes he is jimmy the tulip tedeschi an infamous chicago contract killer yeah, with a go. bounty on his head oz reveals jimmy's identity to sophie who is intrigued oz befriends jimmy and shares his unhappiness his business partner sophie's father was involved in an underage boy and embezzled from the practice to pay off the boy's family before committing suicide leaving oz deeply in debt Oz returns home, where Sophie has arranged for him to fly to Chicago and share Jimmy's whereabouts with mob boss Jenny Gogolak for a reward. Oz is reluctant, but complies. Yeah, so basically it's the kind of movie where fucking they learn something from each other, unlikely friendship, 
fucking mafia killer and dentist. But this was a great movie. They always yeah. played it on TBS. Yeah, and Matthew Perry was the dentist. Yeah, yeah Matthew Perry was the dentist. Yeah. He play, he was the straight guy. Um, and fucking Bruce Willis is like, you need to lighten up a little bit, enjoy life a little more. Um, another sad thing, dude, Bruce Willis, he's in rough shape, man. He's retired from acting. He has aphasia, which I think affects his ability to be able to talk. Oh, dang. Or some, it, It's something like that. Um, I can't remember what it is, but Bruce Willis, dude, great actor. So many good Agreed. fucking movies. Yeah, I love Bruce Willis. Amazing in Pulp Fiction. Incredible. Aphasia, yeah, degenerative brain disease that affects Jeez. speech and communication in general, which is just sad, man. I, I, I'm a big Bruce Willis fan. Yeah, me too. He has a lot of badass fucking action flicks and he's legitimately a good actor too he is yeah yeah um yeah bro it's 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 sad to see someone like this or matthew perry matt matthew perry jimmy fucking buffett dude i thought jimmy buffett was gonna live forever you know what i'm saying like i just assumed he was gonna live until he was like 103 yeah and he was still at a certain point he would retire from music yeah, like Willie Nelson. Well, yeah, like Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. You would make guest it. appearances on country people's albums. Hell yeah. And just do all of that shit. But yeah, it's it's super sad. We watched the new fucking South Park, by the way. Yeah. It uh Yeah. Um I love the fact that they clowned on Disney. Yeah. Um we've talked, I think, on the podcast yeah. about my dislike for Disney. Yeah. My refusal to get, like, pay for Disney Plus. I will say I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I did watch The Mandalorian, yep. and I did enjoy it for the most part. Yeah, except for season three was good. Yeah, but um, dude, fuck Disney, honestly. Yeah, and they finally just got clowned on, and there's nothing that they can do. No. What, what's her name? Uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen dude. Kennedy, dude. She got fucking roasted. Yeah, which uh, I have been. Not a Kathleen Kennedy fan for a long time. Um, just because behind the scenes, she is basically making all of these moves. Like, the whole thing is... the Cartman is Kathleen Kennedy yeah. in the fucking episode. And what's the thing she likes to say? Put a chick in it and make her gay. Put a chick in it and make her gay. And then also make her gay and lame. That's, that's make her gay and lame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, fuck Kathleen Kennedy. She can fuck off. She can go suck a million fucking dicks but i'm glad that someone clowned on her yeah i guess what i've heard is that she's really upset by this whole south park episode this was only supposed to be a one-time thing that they were doing but they're like we're gonna turn this into three parts hell yeah i love them i hope they clown on kevin feige next who's like the the dude who runs all the marvel shit oh yeah because now they yeah, they'll they'll be part of the Panderverse. Yeah, for sure. big time. The Panderverse. The Panderverse, yeah, dude. I love the Panderstone. It so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just they're directly calling them out, and they're able to do it because they're fucking South Park. South Park is the measurement of a free society. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they just came out with it. That was so awesome. As soon as I realized that they were, it was going to be like a because they open it with like basically almost mimicking the Disney opening. Yeah. Except it says South Park and not Disney. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, uh, the Marvels just came out too, which is another Marvel movie, and that is bombing at the box. It's office. called the Marvels. The Marvels, yeah, it's because there's a character called Captain Marvel. Um, but yeah, the Marvels. Let's see how much it's made. I I think it's already out, but yeah, it's 56% already out. Fifty six percent liked this movie. They're lying, dude. Well, 62 on Rotten Tomatoes, 62%. When the Marvel movies first came out, I was... 110.3 mil. I was into it. Well, how much did it cost to make it? 274.8. Yeah, so it, it's losing money left and right. Marvel has only been releasing stinkers, I would say, the past seven or eight years. Yeah. It ended with... Uh, was the ones with the Infinity Stones. That was like the end of it. Avengers Endgame. Yeah, Endgame. Or Infinity, I think it might have been called Infinity War. Yeah. Um, well, no, I think it was End, Endgame. So Endgame I think that might have been the, the last one was Endgame. But, yeah, I, I liked, like, I would go to the movies whenever, like, when the first Captain America came out, I saw that in the theater. When the first Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I liked the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And I honestly, I like the Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. Uh, the Tom Holland. Spider-Man. I do too, actually. They're, yeah. they're good. Yeah, I like Tom Holland as Spider Man. I, I like the one with the that has Andrew Garfield and, and uh, yeah, and uh, Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire, yeah. That's honestly one of the best ones, I think. I I agree with that. Yeah. Well, it, because there's there's heart in the story and there's actually an arc to the characters and the writing totally. is not bad. Agreed. Um, but everything else that Marvel does, it's just so fucking cookie cutter. And I, I it, everything is just an advertisement for what they're doing next. It's like this next big thing is going to yeah, happen. Yeah, it's true. And that's what I don't like about it. You can do so much cool shit with it. Um, and I, I liked, like, the Iron Man movies. Robert Downey Jr. was great as that character. Agreed, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Chris, what's his name was good as... Hemsworth. Shit. Sorry. Captain America. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, 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 a lot of people... They love to shit on those movies, but some of them I do actually like. But for the most part now, it just, they're doing the Kathleen Kennedy thing. It's like, put a chick in it and make her gay. Yeah, you got to pander, you know? Yeah, you got you got to pander. And, and I'm all for having female leads in a movie or having female superheroes. Just don't make it insulting. There's a great episode of It's Always Sunny. That was like a sequel episode. The first one... Did you see the one where they, they were trying to break Wade Boggs' record for the amount of beers that they drank on a plane, that he drank on a plane? I think I remember that, yeah. Okay, well, they did a second one where it was D and Artemis, and I think it was Mac and Charlie's mom were also trying to do it. The waitress was there, and they're like, we got to beat the guys, we got to beat the guys, and D does this little speech at some point. She's like, why do we have to do it exactly like, we're just doing what the dudes did. I, I, I don't know what I'm what the point is I'm trying to make. But basically it's saying we're just doing exactly what they did, except it's n- not as good. Right, yeah. It's, it's insulting. And I think it, just giving female characters their own story and actually fucking making it interesting. Like, I didn't like the new Star Wars movies. I only saw... I only saw The Force Awakens. Okay. And I was super excited when I first saw the trailer because it seemed like the lead was going to be John Boyega, Finn, the black stormtrooper that they show in that first trailer. And I'm like, this is different. This is interesting. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, no, it's this white woman. She's the lead. 
she's the hero of the story. Right. And they didn't give her, like, a good fucking character arc. It was like they didn't know what was up. Like, uh, a good example of a female character in Star Wars universe, Cara Dune, the character on The Mandalorian, who was, like, uh, bros with The Mandalorian. Uh, oh. G- played by Gina Carano. Yeah, who yeah. got fired from Disney. She fucking hates Disney as well. Um, but she, she got fired from that, but her character was good. She was like a badass yeah. female character. Agreed. And I, I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't have a problem with seeing a chick kick ass or like we watch the boys. Yeah. I like fucking, who's the, who's the one that's like Wonder Woman? Maeve. Maeve. Queen Maeve. I like Maeve. She's, she's a great so character. awesome. I love Queen Maeve. Yeah. She's great. Um, or Starlight. Starlight's a good character, too, you know? Yeah. Um, you can do it in a way, even though that show does pander a little bit. Just not Stormfront. Yeah, not Stormfront. Uh, even though she is kind of hot. I bet the sex with her would be good. You know, whatever. Super toxic. She's a Nazi, but whatever. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, those are good examples, I think, of female written characters. Or even the the women on that show that are villains are very well written. Agreed. Like the lady that was the one who would give her fucking titty milk to Homelander. Oh, yeah. She yeah. was like a good good female-written villain. Or totally. Gen V, the, the Indian lady that... Um, yeah, the, the principal. I yeah, can't think the of her dean name. of the college. Yeah, the dean. Yeah. She was like a good female villain character because it, like, it didn't portray her as like, I have to do this because of oppression or anything. She just had her own motivations and she did fucked shit. And she was trying to get away. Yeah. Get away with it, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Gen V, Gen v overall w- was a pretty good show. I, I enjoyed it. And we get next season of Boys that picks up right where Gen V ends. Yeah. Well, the last awesome. scene in that, it, well, it basically ends with Homelander coming down. There's a... Uh, uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Fuck off if you haven't seen it yet. But Homelander comes down and comes to save the day, quote-unquote, as Homelander does... But he targets the wrong people. It's basically all the minorities that were actually helping in that situation. He's like, how can you do this to your own kind? Right. And he fucking, they get thrown in uh, a deep dark hole. To what we believe is um, the woods. The woods, yeah. But at the end of it, Billy Butcher shows up. What does he say? He he says something about cons. Yeah, he's like fucking cons. Time to play cons. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. Which, uh, dude, he's such a great character. And what'll be good about this season? I think of the boys. It's gonna be paralleled. Like, he, Homelander's gonna be on trial for killing those people at the same time as yeah. Donald Trump is gonna be on his trial. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't Which, even think about that. I, I don't hate the fucking Donald Trump comparisons that they do because I feel like they're pretty accurate as far as what Trump for sure Trump is yeah they are they they, they highlight the ugliest parts of him and yeah. really show like this is kind of how Trump is and I'm, I'm like I can't disagree with you yeah totally yeah what else do we have to talk about we have some other things on the list here uh I think we were going to talk about um the the Bob well uh let's talk about the new Beatles oh yeah yeah I forgot about that we were gonna yeah let's talk about the new Beatles uh, song honestly entirely unnecessary it's a nothing song yeah I guess what it was um, John Lennon had recorded some demo that got unused and they lifted his voice with AI mm-hmm. from the track 
and Ringo and Paul are playing on it and singing, doing vocals and shit, backing John, and I think George Harrison might be on the track somehow with AI as well. I don't know how. Yeah. I honestly, the, people were freaking out. It's like, the last Beatles song. No. The last Beatles song was released. It's Her Majesty. That that Or no, what was the last? Did they release Let It Be as their last album? Uh, I don't know. I think Let It Be was the last one. Now release. and Then? So fuck this. This, or, this oh, is that, a new song. Oh, that's the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck that shit. I think Let It Be was their actually released last album. But whatever the last song is on that album is the last Beatles song, in my opinion. This is so unnecessary. I don't know why they needed to do Yeah, this. I think just call it what it is. It's an AI. I mean, I think the abilities of AI and, like, being able to be like, oh, what would this have sounded like? I think the idea is cool, but, like, call it what it is. I, I want to hear, if, if there's AI music, I want to hear... Frank Sinatra doing 50 Cent songs. That's what I'm interested in. <laughs> Let's make it weird. Yeah. Or there's um, like Johnny Cash singing like Barbie Girl. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I've seen a lot of yeah. those. Yeah, and sure. I think those are cool. I think they're fun. But I, I have no fucking interest in this. I listen to it. It's like, okay, I get it. It's they're, They were re-releasing the Red and the Blue album, two compilations, and they put this on here. This is a promotion. For the re-release. Okay, I get it. I get it from a business perspective. Yeah. It's just so unnecessary. It's a good way to make money, but yeah, it's Leave not... the legacy alone. Right. No, I, I can see that. You don't... It, it wasn't necessary to do it. I didn't really like it. And then a bunch of people like the singer from Oasis, uh, Liam, he released a statement and said it was so cool and all this shit. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, you talk so much shit, but you won't talk shit about the Beatles. I didn't like that. I was like, he, sh- he should have been the one, uh, or Noel Gallagher, honestly. Noel should have come out and been like, it's shit. I don't know. <laughs> like, that, I, I like I like when they talk shit. I haven't listened to it, so I actually can't say. I, it, it's just, it, it's not bad. <laughs> Do you want to listen wrong. to it? Yeah, we can listen to a little bit of it. But it's just unnecessary, dude. I... I I don't know the, what the point of it was. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Yeah. It's not bad. It sounds like it, it would be like an outtake from Let It Be or something like that. But it just there's already so many other great Beatles songs that have been released. Yeah, so unnecessary. Didn't seem like it was anything super special. Yeah, it's just exactly what you'd imagine it to be. But yeah, did you see fucking Blink One Eighty Two at at Denny's? Yeah, and I actually the first I was actually talking to Dustin about it. Dustin was like, they fucking suck. Yeah, he was they like, sound good. yeah, he was like, they didn't sound, and I watched the video, and I have to agree with yeah. him, it didn't sound great. Yeah, but they were in a fucking Denny's, so. Yeah, but. 
Honestly, cool. dude. If they claim to be punk rock, they should be able to sound okay in a Denny's. Yeah, I, I didn't really like Blink-182's new album at all. Yeah, I wasn't... I didn't hate it. Uh, there were a couple, like, songs that I thought were pretty good, but overall I wasn't, like, ecstatic about it. I just don't think the pop-punk thing ages well. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I could agree with that to an extent, for sure. It's just kind of weird when it, when it's 40 fucking 50-year-old dudes. Yeah. And they're singing about going on first dates and being teenagers. Right, yeah. You know. Yeah, you're not that anymore. Yeah, it's it's not that's not you. I I I did really love Blink-182 when I was a kid a lot. Same. Like they were they were probably my favorite band at one point. Really? Like yeah, for sure. I, it was Green Day is kind of what got me to the show just because they had a cool bass player who made cool faces and played cool bass lines. Yeah. And then Blink-182, I really loved because it was all about being a loser and not getting laid. And I deep, deeply related to that when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really, my favorite album of theirs was probably either like Take Off Your Pants and Jacket or the self-titled album or the untitled album, whatever it yeah. is. That, that's pretty good because it was a maturity, you know. And I listened back to some of it. I'm like, this is very of the time, but like. Like, they've kind of become a meme, too. Like, Tom DeLonge's voice has become a meme. Right, right, yeah. Which is funny. I'm shit. down for it. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down. I would go see Blink-182. I would, live. too. Uh, just because I've never seen them, and I have so much, like, love for them as a kid that they were they were mega important to me when I was, like, 16, 17. Yeah, dude, there's a... I have to say this, not necessarily on the podcast, but we're, we're talking about music. Next Saturday... Wolf Mother is playing at uh, Eastside Bowl. I saw that. That's that's my birthday. I want to go to that. Yeah. If you're interested. How much are tickets? Like thirty bucks. Really? Yeah. If what? you if you're interested, I'll buy a, a happy birthday, dude. Yeah, I'll buy yeah. us tickets. I'm, I might be down. Yeah, honestly. Fuck I, yeah. If we can get if we can get some boys to go. Yeah. If we can get fucking Dusty and Josh, like try and get a crew together. Yeah. Andy. Yeah. If, he, if we'll leave his house. Jacob Needham, let's bring them all out, dude. Hi, Matt. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, <laughs> sounds fun. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm down to go. Um, dude, I'm super actually excited for next weekend because there's a, a movie coming out called Thanksgiving. Have you seen the trailer for this? I haven't. It's a horror. It's a slasher film about Thanksgiving. Uh-oh. That sounds actually pretty good. Yeah, well, did you ever see the Grindhouse double feature with Planet Terror and Death Proof? I did not. Okay, so Planet Terror was a zombie movie that Robert Rodriguez made, and Death Proof was a slasher flick that Quentin Tarantino made. And Death Proof is about a stuntman that uses his car to kill women. Okay, I have seen that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But when the movie originally got released, they put a bunch of fake trailers in it, and Eli Roth was one of the people that... He made Hostel, but he made a, a fake trailer for a movie called Thanksgiving. Tim Dillon is supposed to be in Thanksgiving. Oh, he's shit. He's in the movie. Yeah, and Patrick Dempsey, he's from Maine. He's in it. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm super excited for that just because it's like a fresh take on a horror movie. Hell, yeah. And I think that's really cool. But, yeah, I'm stoked for that. And there's another movie coming out called Dream Something with Nicolas Cage. Look this up. It's... Uh, Dream synopsis or dream dream scenario. Dream scenario, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but the, this movie looks great, dude. It's everybody starts having dreams, and Nicolas Cage, he's like a professor in the movie, and he starts appearing in everybody in the world's dreams and becomes like a celebrity. Oh, shit. Hell yeah. We'll have to... But that looks pretty good. I think that might be coming out. I don't know when it's coming out. Scroll down, see if it if it says when it's coming out. Mm. Oh, is there there are already like screenings of it? Here, scroll up. I saw Belcourt. Oh, Belcourt's playing it. Yeah, it must be already out. Oh, Tuesday, November twenty first. Yeah. I might so... honestly go see that next week. Nice. Yeah, I love Nicolas Cage movies, dude. Did you yeah. see the one where he played himself? Uh, I don't think so. It was uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Okay. Great movie. Yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah, it was, it was really fucking good. Really yeah. fucking good. Yeah, I like uh, Nicolas Cage. I love uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah, classic, dude. Fuck yeah. Classic. You got any shows coming up or anything that you're working on? Um, so not really. I'm thinking of maybe putting something together before the end of the year, but it's it hasn't been booked yet. And then um, definitely got some stuff coming up in 2024, but yeah. all unannounced yeah, so far. Yeah, we got, we got some stuff on the horizon. Well, dude, fuck yeah. We, we got one done. Um, so keep on dreaming. See you next week. Thank you.